to Cinebabble episode 21. We are here in COVID-19 Maryland. Clint, <laughs> my dear, dear co-host, how are you doing this week? I'm staying alive still, Ken. All right, well, I'm here good. with you. It you makes it feel uh, a little bit better. You haven't contracted yet? <laughs> no, not that I know of. I might just be a carrier. So. Yeah. Yeah, I my immune system's pretty good, so I think I'll probably just be passing it along. I'm yeah. feeling feeling detached, mm-hmm. associated, and uh, and a little bit uh, socially distanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been looking forward to this. This woke me right up. I was feeling kind of down and sleepy. And, you were uh, suddenly I'm here, out of it. A second just, ago, I'm up. I'm awake. <laughs> I'm here. I'm unemployed. I am present. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, at least you still collect that crazy paycheck. From Cinebabel. Oh yeah, when those it's those dollars come rolling going in. above and beyond for me. <laughs> it's when you're on the cutting edge of of new technologies and new innovations, mm-hmm. that's where the money's at. <laughs> <laughs> well, what you watching about this week, Clint? Can I watched? A, well, I've been home, so there's many things going through that big screen in front of me. <laughs> Um, but not. I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'm going to whittle it down. All right. Just give me the goods. So I watched a movie on Netflix called The Platform. Ah, yes. I've heard yeah. a lot about this. Mm-hmm. Everybody uh, is talking about this thing. Yeah. Um, basically, the main premise of this movie is there's this prison. It's like a giant tower of a prison. And each floor has two um, prisoners. And from the top to the bottom, a platform lowers. Okay. In the middle of this platform is food. So it starts from the top and goes to the bottom. The people on the top get the world's delight of food, and the people on the bottom starve. Okay. So it's about this prisoner going, and he like kind of voluntarily goes to this prison to get a um, it's a degree of some mm-hmm. sort. Like I think they. In this world, they don't really know the consequences of this prison. But anyway, so he goes to this and doesn't realize what he's getting into. And it's just like kind of about like class. And do you start on the first floor? No, it's no. random. Oh. And you get every month you get moved. Moved upward? Moved. No, just moved, moved. in any direction. Yep. Oh, wow. And it's completely random. You They drug you, and then you wake up, and you're on another floor. Oh, wow. This is a Spanish film, correct? Yes. Okay. Totally fits in the world of Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. Like, this would be the prison in Snowpiercer mm-hmm. in that world. Okay. Um, but I thought it was really good. Um, okay. Very stylish. Like, the, the like they really um, fill up the space of what is actually going on, because mm-hmm. it's very, like, um, not secluded, but it's very kind of claustrophobic because mm-hmm. you're just on the one floor. and um, But they do a lot of visually interesting things with it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's I, I highly recommend it. Okay. And I think maybe we should talk about it at some point. Okay, I'll watch it this week and yeah. we can talk about it next mm-hmm. week then. Um, I also watched um, the third final season of Legion. Ah, yes. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I did. I don't know if it's my favorite season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of has the problem, even though I really enjoyed what they did with the time travel stuff, mm-hmm. it's I'm over the time travel in that whole X-Men universe. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, in the comics, is that such a big thing? Like, is time travel a big element? Every time they need to shake things up yeah. or reset something, yes. Okay. It's it's always out of necessity. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very thinly veiled practical measure just to kind of contend with the fact that you've got characters with the same backstory and they're mm-hmm. still teenagers, but they're not because 
their backstories take place 30, 40, 50 years ago. Right. It's that's a very how it always world. That's how it always felt to me. It yeah. was kind of like just a thing to maybe get out of a bind yeah. or and so and it had that kind of problem for me a little bit, but I liked what they did with it yeah. and the visual aspects and um, it, yeah, it was good. I thought, especially how they played with the Shadow King, yeah, uh, through that time travel motif and and some of the the different things, the two D world, the two D very Lynchian, very, 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 and I enjoyed all of that. Um, I also wouldn't put it as my favorite season of Legion, but I I think it's just because it it was an ending. Yeah, it it could only build towards so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I, I I enjoyed it for sure. I think I think season two is my. I think season yeah, one's my season two. I think season one's my favorite. Season one's really good, and that's just because so much of it's discovery and yeah. learning who these people are and what reality is or isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked how fresh it felt in the first season, yeah. and yeah. and not that it felt overdone in the other seasons. It's just like I'm used to it mm-hmm. at this point. Now, do you know has Fargo been delayed? With all of this crazy, I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't heard a word about it. Yeah. And I assume that they're finished other than the edit and things like that. So I'm hoping that still comes out on time. Right. I don't know how far along they were, if, mm-hmm. like when that trailer came out, if they had more to shoot or what. So hmm. yeah. just based on the caliber of actors, I assume they would have to have everything mm. uh, because the expense of, of bringing uh, that level of actor back to a TV yeah. show for reshoots, it seems like right. it would be really really troublesome yeah especially with like chris rock and yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. so what you been watching i have been watching uh better call saul the Mm -hmm. new season of that uh i've mentioned that to you several times uh i know you haven't seen the last season yet no i'm behind okay uh season four and five really kind of take off and really start to feel like uh the breaking bad universe Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean better call saul always has but it really starts to make some smart and interesting connections this season's been great. Uh, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, this last episode wasn't bad. It, it it was a little bit of a stall out, but I'm sure it's because they're going somewhere in the next episode and they needed to kind of reorient. It's not it's not bad in any way. Yeah. Uh, but it's just uh, that show from casting to writing to just some of the surprises they pull and they seem to be the little prequel that can. It's mm, the, yeah. They do all the things that prequels do and get smacked down for, but they do it, Gilligan does it in a way that works and doesn't interfere with Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. but in some ways, because it's just messing with minor characters, enhances a lot of, of what's there. Right. And some of these side characters that maybe got three episodes mm-hmm. uh, suddenly have a, a very rich backstory. And so I'm really looking forward to finishing the series and then kind of just plowing through it again and breaking bad all in one shot. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing what that is like. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoy the show. It's just, I don't have cable or AMC to, so I always wait for Netflix to pick it up. And uh, yeah, they just got that because they get it right before the next season came out. And I just, haven't got around to it yet. Well, and I really think Gus Fring is just kind of one of TV's all-time great bad guys. Yeah. Um, and he's such a presence in season four and five. Mm. I know he was, I think he was in three a little bit too, but um, four and five, it just, uh, <laughs> I just enjoying it so much. <laughs> uh, watching how he and Mike come together and, and yeah. different things like that. Just kind of great. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I've been watching is Picard. 
Hmm. And I have a love-hate affair with a with Picard right, right. now. Uh, there's a lot about it I really, really, really like. And then there's a lot that doesn't feel anything like Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. And I appreciate that they've kind of stepped out and they've gone in a different direction. But it's just tonally, it it doesn't... There are even times he doesn't feel like the same character. There's just there's something off. Um, love the episode. This is not a spoiler. I mean, you can see it in any preview. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes and, and visits uh, Riker and Troy. And that was just pure nostalgia. <laughs> that... Those scenes, that's where it's really clicking. Right. Uh, everything around that, pretty hit or miss. And uh, the finale's on. I stopped to watch it. It, it came out today. Mm. But um, I don't know. I guess I'll reserve judgment on the whole season until I watch that. It's kept me watching. How many episodes have uh, they done? Nine. Okay. I think nine. Uh-huh. And oh, the last it? one, it's actually eight, but the last one's a two-parter. Oh, okay. So Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's 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 been good enough to watch. I just, I'm not sure that I'll like it yet. Right, right. You think maybe like another season they'll finally like feel their footing out like they're, or it, you just think it's at a level with... Maybe it's it's at a place in its storytelling where they could do something really surprising and interesting in the last episode that mm-hmm. would really redeem some things, but it's still not going to redeem the portions of it that just feel disjointed. Uh, one of the big problems... He, you go from this very ensemble show like Star Trek The Next Generation and then you're plucking Picard out of there and sending him off on his own, which works. But then every time he runs into a character from the old days, it just feels so cameo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even to the point where usually if, if somebody's going to be around longer, they're not going to stick around that long and mm. something bad's going to happen or something very just kind of plot sporadic is going to pull them away and give you an excuse as to why they can't come with him on the ship Mm -hmm. uh, to wherever he's going next. Um, Which is strange because they introduced some new characters Mm -hmm. uh, that could have easily been some next generation characters. They do the same things with them and they're trying to give him relationships with these people and they're trying to suggest a history there, but they're uh, expositioning this history to you mm. instead of just tapping into a history that people would would already have the feels for right right uh so you know it's it's not bad by any means but it's it's not great yeah does it have that feeling where it's almost like a network television show that's trying to be like uh, maybe something like, like an hbo or because i feel like you know like jack ryan yeah. that that had yeah. that problem for me it it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, it, it does a pretty good job with that. It feels pretty cinematic at times. Okay. Uh, where it needs to. There, there are times where it shows its TV roots. Yeah. Um, but mostly just from contrivances. Mm. Uh, the effects, the cinematography, the acting. It's pretty on point. There are just these moments. And Next Generation was guilty of this all the time. Yeah. Maybe that's the one thing where it really retains this. But it's it's just one of those, well, we need the plot to go here. Uh-huh. So somebody in the writer's room has to come up with a two-sentence explanation as to how we're getting from point A to point F without having to go through B, C, D, and E. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and throw in some jargon and one mild convenience piled on top of a major convenience and bam, yeah. got an episode. Mm-hmm. Is there like a through line to the whole season? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Not There's... like the original where it's like episodic? No. Okay. No, it definitely has a kind of an overarching story. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm just not sure that that story 
is strong enough. And it, it also plays in between being part of the Kelvin timeline somehow from the J.J. Abrams movies. Oh, okay. Uh, where time travel kind of switched some things around. Huh. Uh, but it it isn't, but it is, mm. but it's, I don't know, it's very confusing. Huh. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's worth watching. Yeah. I guess, maybe. Not really. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Not going to save your life or end it, so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been watching. Um, a bunch of other stuff here and there. I've been avoiding the news. Uh, I almost said like the plague, but uh, I've been <laughs> avoiding the other things like the plague, <laughs> the like plague. human beings. Well, you've been avoiding the plague. I have. I have. I've I've gotten. You you might even be able to hear it in my voice. I'm not having a great week. I'm kind of yeah. getting cynical, and I'm uh-huh. I'm getting a little um, I'm just a little cooped up. And, yeah. Uh, not enjoying this at all. You've been doing it longer than I have. I'm only on day three, so Oof. I'm waiting for week two, and then I'll probably be feeling <laughs> what you're feeling. <laughs> yeah, it it starts to get a little maddening. I don't think the human psyche was made for uh, this degree of of social isolation. Yeah, it just it's very odd. It's it's telling because we have all of these uh, social networks and social medias and and devices and things like that. Uh, I can I can literally connect to anybody I want to at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. and it it doesn't matter. There's, yeah. there's something about just human interaction. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. Here. Yeah, you're here um, for well, now. For we're now. not remotely podcasting yet. No, it could happen. Yeah, I'm waiting till I get to that um, you know, the Will Forte last man yeah. place where I'm like making swimming pools full of tequila. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, so. Yeah. And have I can pillage a uh, giant dinosaur skull for my table. Well, in my cynicism, <laughs> I have come up with a new segment, and I told you a little bit about this. This is just your normal cynicism, though. This isn't like fueled by this in situation. I'm I'm pretty sure this is. I, I think it's I think it's festering. It's festering because you had this idea before. I did. I had this idea when times were happier. So is it like escalated to a point where? I'm just (laughs) before, like I'm going, I'm going to talk about what I was going to talk about weeks ago when I first came up with this idea and I pitched it at you. It'll be a little more like it was vigor and vinegar behind it. It's going to be more fun. Yeah. And I've, as I've sat there (laughs) and marinated in the, 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 it's just your stew feel, of loneliness. <laughs> I can feel the fight under my skin uh-huh. for this, and okay. it wasn't a fight a couple of weeks ago. Oh no! So, uh, are you ready to play? I feel like I'm walking into something I wasn't prepared <laughs> no. for. Uh, are you ready to play a little bit of unpopular opinion? Ken has opinions, and we might disagree. These are Ken's unpopular opinions. Let's. Okay, Ken. Excellent. So here's how unpopular <laughs> opinion works. I have not told you what my unpopular opinion is. Yeah. Uh, but I have an unpopular opinion, and I'm going to throw it out there, and we're just going to see how you react to yeah. this. I want to refer to this as Ken's unpopular opinion segment. Ken's unpopular opinion. Yeah. I like that, because i got a bunch of them. Yeah. I'm just going to try one out this week. Really? I have enough. We could do an entire yeah. unpopular opinion episode. I'm ready for it. Okay. So here's my unpopular <laughs> opinion. Okay. Are you ready? This is number one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> I don't think I have a choice. Here we go. Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. I'm beginning to think that the more you watch Christopher Nolan's movies, the less good they are. Hmm. That's my unpopular opinion. I have spent some time this year 
uh, rewatching. And some of them are, are movies that I've watched a lot. And I've just noticed each, each time there's, there's a decline. And uh, first, let's talk about that decline. Do you feel that when you rewatch a Christopher Nolan movie? No, I, I don't feel okay. it. Yeah. Okay. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so let me explain my decline, the, uh -huh. the exact feeling I'm having, and then you can argue with me okay. uh, as to whether I'm in my right mind or not. Uh, I think one of two things is happening. Either one, the spectacle and the ideas uh, and the visuals uh, are so punchy at first glimpse that uh, they, they just they start to become old hat as you watch the movie over and over and over again. Uh-huh. Or the visuals are so punchy and the ideas are so thought-provoking that you look past some of the things that if it didn't have those things uh, would make for a really frustrating film. Mm -hmm. Case in point. Uh, and I, I can use any Christopher Nolan movie in this except for Inception. Uh, Inception, I will lift off of the chopping block in this and I will set it on a nice shelf. That movie <laughs> only uh, draws me deeper and deeper into love every time I watch it. Uh -huh. But let's talk The Dark Knight. I've watched The Dark Knight now three times in the last six months. <laughs> and I'm beginning to think it's not that good. Okay. You're catching me off guard with this, okay? This is Ken's unpopular opinion. I, know. I, know. I didn't know what I was stepping into, I so I don't know if I have an I argument to make against that, what you're saying. I do disagree, but I don't know if I have a rebuttal in why. The Dark Knight has started to align with Logan. That's awful and untrue. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things wrong with Logan, I, I can't even imagine the things you're picking out of. There's a lot of really good things about The Dark Knight. Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. 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 Everything else in that movie falls apart for me the more I watch it. Mm. I I think I need to stop watching it because I think... I think this is going to some very dark and bad places. I watching something three times in that amount of time, I think, is not healthy. <laughs> that's how I live and breathe, Clint. I watch things multiple times. Oh, I don't really. I, I I watch things a couple times and then put it on my shelf of either I like it or don't. And if I really like it, I'll come back to it. But I, I really I do enjoy Christopher Nolan's films a lot. It's, I've come to realize Interstellar is my least favorite of his. I, I don't like Christian Bale as Batman. I like Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. Don't like him as Batman. I don't like any of his love interests. Uh, I don't like uh, what's his face as Harvey Dent. I, uh... <laughs> I This whole segment, I think, is just Ken's unpopular rant corner because I don't know if I have to really fight against this. <laughs> um the action have you noticed something about Christopher Nolan's action I really I don't know I enjoy it I like it I like that it's kind of outside of the mainstream like John Wick world you of have, action you have a face about you like you're waiting for me to turn all of this at your mother or something like I'm gonna come for your mother next because you have her. a look like you might <laughs> <laughs> um 
I, I don't want to. Now, you know, it's my unpopular opinion, but you're looking at me as if if I'm speaking a foreign language. And so I don't want to break you. I don't want to I don't want to ruin it for you. I don't you're wanna... not going to ruin anything for me. OK, because I, I already have my opinion of those films. Go back, go back to the Batman films and watch the action. Watch how it's edited. Watch how it's choreographed. Uh, and you'll notice two things. There's lots of zooming and lots of nonsense. <laughs> Well, his films, I mean, that wasn't even the whole point of this, yeah. his version of it. It wasn't about the violence. No. No, I agree with you there. Um, I, like, I really love Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Do you, like, do you have... You I'm scared that? to go back and watch it because as I'm, as I'm starting to pick up on this, the more I've watched The Prestige... Uh, the more it's kind of dulled on me. That one got better for me as I watched it. Okay. It, it did the second time I saw it. I wasn't a huge fan the first time. I thought it was good, but I wasn't that taken with it. Uh, but the second time it got better, but then it started to really kind of stave off. Dunkirk, so loved it the first time. The second time I watched it, it already started to bother me that it's three different timelines. Uh, and not because I don't appreciate how it's put together or how it's done. I think all of that's really interesting, and I think it's really well crafted. I don't understand how it benefits the story, because the whole thing is about time. The whole thing, the whole story, is about their timeline. In that, <laughs> that's what the whole that whole story is based on time. I, I and the get time they're, they're spending on that beach and how that's affect like if they're going to survive this amount of time in this situation. Yeah. And I get it. And there's three uh, timelines running at different speeds against each other. And I get how it all converges. It's it's well crafted. Um, it just it's a very strange uh, decision in my head for for a war movie. That's why I liked it. I liked that somebody did something with a war movie that was outside the box. And it wasn't just another History Channel version of a war, like telling that story. I liked it was trying to take a different angle and um, playing with what was a, like the situation they were in. I, I liked that. Yeah. yeah. I was really surprised by that film, especially after Interstellar, where I was left a little cold by that film and so i was like oh awesome he's back on his game hmm. and interstellar grows on me mm. that's that's one of two that do interstellar and inception grow on me uh interstellar there's there's two scenes you could take 27 seconds out of that movie <laughs> and it would be perfect for me what is what seconds. is the 27 seconds the one i will tell you about the other one takes too much explanation the one is just when he goes to his daughter's school towards mm-hmm. the beginning and they make this little offhanded comment about how NASA faked the moon yeah, landing. Yeah. It's the most distracting left field. They never pick it up. They never explain it. He doesn't respond to mm-hmm. it in a way that would suggest, oh, something interesting. And I'm sure there's a really great idea there yeah. in his head, but it just it drives me nuts every time. <laughs> <laughs> just kills yeah. me. I I do appreciate, uh, again, his visuals. I appreciate his cast of actors. I love when a director has kind of a go-to cast of actors. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Caine. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I don't know what it is. I'm going to put my finger on it, but right now it's just my unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan, I, I don't know if he's what he's cracked up to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's pretty good. I, I think he's... Yeah. Maybe it's the corona. I think you had this before that. (laughs) 
You had this opinion before all this. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, we'll see. Well, this was Ken's unpopular Ken's opinion. Ken's unpopular opinion. <laughs> Send your hate mail, too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, seriously, though, let us know what you think. I cannot be the only one out there. Uh, www. I'm sure you're not. I feel like a lot of people don't like Probably. him. Probably. I enjoy him. Cinebabblecast.com. Uh, shoot us a message. Contact us. And... Uh, let me know if you are anti-Nolan or pro-Nolan, and uh, we'll we'll funnel and channel all of our hate at Clint and make him feel really, really wrong. You're the one with the opinion. <laughs> this is your segment. I, <laughs> I walked into your segment here. Yeah, I had to sit here and listen to that. It was it was it was such a bubbling cauldron of joy when I first came up with it. And even when I'm talking about it, I can hear how I'm just like, and have you seen the action? It's just zooms and nonsense. I just called Christopher Nolan's action zooms and nonsense. I wouldn't have said that three weeks ago. Mm. Tony, this thing's taking a toll on me. (laughs) Maybe don't watch movies so many times. Of course course you're going to find holes when you do that. You could do that with any movie if you watched it three times. Rushmore. You could find holes. No, you shut your mouth. <laughs> I lo- that's one of my top five okay. movies ever. Okay. And if you watch a movie that many times, you're going to start finding, like, ah, I don't like this part. I don't think so. I yes, just watched could. it yesterday and still resonates. But you could. I, shh. You could. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, tonight we've got three movies on the docket. Uh, we have one that was recommended to us, uh, which is Waves. Uh, that came out last year. Then we have a Netflix little indie drama called Buster's Mal Heart, starring uh, Rami Malik. And then The Room. And this is not any The Room not that you might Tommy be thinking Wiseau. of. No. Uh, this is a uh, Shutter exclusive, a uh, little horror flick, and we're going to discuss it in some detail. And, and uh, we'll let you know a couple of things that surprised us. But first up, Waves. Clint, uh, what... <laughs> I have struggled trying to come up with a way to sum up this plot in two or three sentences. <laughs> okay. There's a lot in this movie. There is a lot. This is a jam-packed. Lot. It is. It is a jam-packed movie. It's uh, a journey. It, it's a journey. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a character drama uh, from different fronts. It's definitely something that uh, that plays with family dynamics and kind of family angst and family turmoil. Um, it's a family struggling with a um, traumatic experience that happens in the family. I'd yeah. say that's the main. Yeah, and gist. it's it's set in South Florida, and it's it's this suburban family, and they're just trying to figure out love, forgiveness, and coming together in the aftermath of a loss. Mm-hmm. See how quick I pulled that up. I didn't make that up off the top of my head. That's I know. I, I know. Yeah. All right, Clint. What did you think of Waves? Okay, Ken. I um, I really appreciated and did like this movie. I will never watch this movie again. Really? Why? Because I felt like I don't know if it's the time we're in right now, but I felt like it was a giant weight on my chest. I was so anxious and worn out by the end of this movie, especially the first half, that I was just like. I really appreciate the craftsmanship of this in the filmmaking. I I really like the musical choices. I thought everyone was really good in it. Um, this is what I wish um, Queen and Slim was a little bit more mm-hmm. like. Um, if it had a little bit more of the like 
emotional and um, re relationship dynamics that this had, I think it would have been a stronger film. Uh, I th thought it was really good. I but it was just so heavy um, that I just maybe in like ten years from now I'll be like mm -hmm. I should rewatch this. Uh, man, I am dead on. I'm I'm the exact same page. Uh, I recognize the entire time watching this movie uh, that three months ago I would have just gone nuts over it. It's, I think it's, it would have made it on my top of yeah. the year list. Yeah. It may be even now because I, I did think it was really good. Um, but sorry to cut you off. No, but no. It, three months ago, I wouldn't have made the comparison I'm about to make. But now it, it provided the exact same feeling. This movie was a lot like Uncut Gems to me. Yep. I had the same feeling. And it's yeah. it's that feeling of being in the middle of a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And it was it was such an uncomfortable watch. And it was weird because the whole time I'm thinking, this is a movie that last year I would have eaten up mm -hmm. and would have sang its praises up and down. But it just it really left me in this in this very heavy place. Yeah. And the whole time I I'm watching these characters trying to wriggle out from under the things that's you know coming against them, and it was just killing me. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was a very uncomfortable experience. With with the caveat, man, across the board, performances, mm -hmm. casting, writing, uh, cinematography, music. You mentioned. It's all there. It's all on point. It's a really good story. And I think um, I think in anybody else's hands, I think this would have felt crowded yeah. and um, overdone. Mm -hmm. And I never got that feeling. It no. Was, it was never I, that it was too much. No, no. Like, it never felt crowded at all, especially because, like, I got to the halfway point mm -hmm. where the big incident of the film the, happens. The tragedy. And then I paused it thinking okay maybe we got 15 minutes left because that part is so packed with information yep. and like emotion yep. um that i was like i surely just watched two hours of filmmaking yep. and then i saw oh, i have an hour and 15 more minutes of this mm -hmm. and i was like okay where's it gonna go and i really appreciated where it goes mm -hmm. and it definitely lightened up for me after after that and like i could enjoy the rest of the film yep. um but it's still i was worn out by that first half where like I was felt like I was trying to crawl out from underneath of it, like you were saying, like like the characters were. And they he did such a good job with making you feel that way, and he wanted yeah. you to feel that way because, like, at that point, like he's messing with like aspect ratios and stuff. Like it goes to, like this narrowed, mm -hmm. like square format, whatever that is actually called, where you feel claustrophobic and you're feeling what they're going through, and it just like was so effective in how then it broadens out and you're now with the sister and yeah yeah and it essentially halfway through this film it has a complete uh character change and and not because a main character dies which you know that would normally happen in a film to get that kind of shift but it's just yeah. like nope now we're going in this direction uh and i i don't want to talk much more about that because i'll spoil it but i i really just i appreciated that uh and i did find the the second half like you uh more bearable uh, but still just deeply sad. Mm -hmm. uh, everything in this was deeply sad. I appreciated things like the the overbearing father was not a monster. Yeah. There was actual I feel like I've known there. that guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the kids were screw-ups and yet not. Uh, there, there's just even, even some of the accidents and things that lead to that central tragedy, uh, it 
it's organic. It flows. Yeah, it, it shows it every feel... step along the way how they got to the point yeah. in their like for yeah. things to happen. And it doesn't feel melodramatic. And it feels no. when any two characters are arguing, and that it happens a lot. Every pair of characters in this movie gets into kind of a, a deep conflict. But it it never feels one sided. It never feels right. one note. It feels very real. Mm -hmm. it, it almost borders on documentary. It sometimes or mm -hmm. docudrama. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just, that was the strangest thing is the whole time I was watching it, I'm acutely aware that this is an excellent film, but I was just having the most difficult time sticking with it. It was just, it was I was too much. thoroughly invested in it, mm -hmm. but I was also like, can it be over? Yeah. Like, but I mean, by the end, I was definitely kind of sitting in it to a mm -hmm. place where like, I'm feeling a little more comfortable just with that second half of the movie yeah. and what they were doing. And I mean, it was still heavy and um, hard and like, but she did such a great job. She was um, fantastic. Yeah. Um, what's her name? Taylor Russell. Mm -hmm. um, also, I wanted to mention this definitely gave me the vibe of that um, HBO show Euphoria. Mm -hmm. As maybe it's also because um, What's her name? Uh, Alex Alexa Demi, who mm -hmm. was also in that show, is in this, and she's not the same kind of character. She's mm -hmm. definitely a different character, but um, just she's really good in this too. And so it just—it's like, man, teens today are definitely dealing with a lot more than yeah. anybody else, and it's just amazing that any of them are surviving. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Like, and they capture that just as well as Euphoria did, and. Uh, um, and that's that's an interesting point that you bring that up because if I watched Euphoria for the first time right now, I don't think I would have kept watching it. I yeah. think I would have recognized that it was it was very high quality, but it would have just been too uh, sobering and heavy, and it would just it would have weighed me down. And I never thought I would be that. I've I've had stressful times before, mm -hmm. uh, but these movies have never kind of made me feel. Uh, burdened by them. Yeah. But for some reason right now, man, I got to find some lighter fare. Well, I think also what helped me with that and with um, this and uh, Euphoria is the stylistic choices that mm. were made that really helped carry me through them because like, this film had fantastic soundtrack, um, yeah. music choices, like they had Tame Impala, Animal Collective, Radiohead mm -hmm. songs, and uh, yeah, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the soundtrack. So that was really interesting. That like, and it, it helps take a little of the weight off and you can put your attention to those kind of things when it's like just unbearable at moments and you can just like look away from the horror show of emotional yeah. distress going on and you can enjoy like oh man he's that camera move was amazing and like i um it kind of gave me a feel of i what's the um director who did like beach bum and uh i know you're talking about um, yeah his name's not going to come to me yeah uh, starts with the y corinne that doesn't start with a Y, but sure. Yeah, I think his last name is anyway. He this kind of oversaturated look that he uses. He, he, this kind of had a bit of that, and but in this, I really like the context yeah. of it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. All right, I I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, with the warning that uh, if you're feeling sensitive to the weight of the world at all right now, 
uh, you might want to give this one a month or two mm-hmm. and, and then pick it up. I really wish I had watched it last year with um, uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yeah. I think that would have made for, they're, they're completely different tones oh, and films. Yeah. But I think that would have made for a really interesting pairing. And also really strange, like that and this mm-hmm. were made by these white directors. Mm-hmm. And but I feel like that didn't hinder any of it. Like the story still like was a very human and story that like shines through. Um, not that it, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be if it was a black uh, director. It was just like you didn't notice that touch to it. Yeah. it I don't know. Yeah. It was Yeah, it was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry if anyone hears a lawnmower or a uh, you know, weed whacker in the background. Good for those people getting out of their houses. <laughs> we're we're not. Hopefully they're not like <laughs> trying to get rid of the remains of a loved one that when they're trapped with <laughs> in the house. Very dark thought. This is suddenly turning into rear window. <laughs> yeah, we, maybe we should be peering out the window right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Up next is uh, Buster's Mal Heart. And Buster's Malhart is from writer-director Sarah Adina Smith, and it's about an eccentric mountain man who's on the run from the authorities, and he's surviving the winter and breaking into empty vacation homes and um, calling into radio talk shows where he has the nickname Buster. And uh, he's ranting about the impending inversion at the turn of the millennium and is haunted by visions of being lost at sea. Memories of his former life as a family man. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a movie and a half. Clint, what'd you think of <laughs> Buster's Malheart? Uh, I wasn't so impressed by this film. Yeah, this one, this one didn't. Yeah, Cinetron did a bad. Yeah, this I, this time. I will not watch this a second time. But it's not because it burrowed into my soul and no. made me feel. Uh, <laughs> 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 waves made me feel. It just. Um, I get what it was trying to do. Yeah. I appreciate the ambition. Yeah. Um, I think um, Rami was good in it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm really struggling with this one, Ken. I don't yeah. know. There's it really, uh, I don't know if it's possible to talk about it without spoiling it, really. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. Why don't, why don't we just go ahead? Let's right up front say this is going to be a spoiler review. Yeah. And I'll throw it in the show notes. And I, I don't have a ton to say about it, so I don't think this is going to go on too long. No. Um, so, yeah, let's spoiler away, Clint. Go for it. Okay. So it follows Ramey, who is a young husband. And he's... <laughs> Working at this hotel, and he's not really happy in a situation, and he has dreams of like living off the land with his wife, and they're living with his parent yeah. or her parents. Yeah, not happy in that situation. Um, and he meets a guy at the hotel who is very conspiratorial, like has a lot of conspiracy theories, yeah. and he kind of seems like he's buying into them a little bit. They're striking a friendship with this guy. Um, but this it definitely goes down the route of kind of a fight club situation, yeah. but to the po- to the degree where you're like, why are they doing this? And I've already seen this movie, yeah, and a be- like done much more interestingly. The further this went, the less I enjoyed it. Yeah, it just I could feel like this very steady decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, from somewhere up around 90, oh, you've, you've got my attention here and I'm intrigued in just a steady drop. Yeah. Um, to nowhere terrible, just no. very, very, very average. Right, right. Very average. 
Uh, and I'm just, I'm going to say this, but people have said this decades before me. I'm tired of the dream mm-hmm. uh, kind of reality. And um, I, I think it would have been much more interesting if it was more along the lines of the Fisher King, where it's just I've never a, seen the Fisher King. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Uh, I wonder if that holds up. That is not one I've revisited. Check out The Fisher King when you have a chance. Okay. I bet it's on the Criterion I think it is. Uh, streaming it service. Might be. Uh, I used to really enjoy it, but I haven't, I haven't watched it in years. But that's much more about somebody sort of detached from reality and just dealing with that mm-hmm. kind of phasing in and out of what's real and what's not real. But it was much more about mental health. Is that where they find the miracle cure that like kind of gets them out of their um, mind block, like lock? They're locked in. Are the people who are locked in? Is that a different film? That's completely different. Oh, okay. Film. Fisher King is um, Jeff Bridges and Robin Williams. But Robin Williams isn't he in some film where like they find it's not Alzheimer's or there's some and they get out of the they can get out of that state for a short amount of time, but it, it doesn't last. I think you're thinking of Awakenings, where that's Robin Williams is the doctor. That's what I'm thinking. Narrows the, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. The of. patient. Yeah, yeah, that one's oh, that one's a really good movie. Yeah. That one holds up. Okay. I just watched that the other month. Three times? Uh, not three times, because <laughs> that movie rips my eye sockets out and just lets tears Try it three pour. times. I'm sure you'll find some things wrong with the it. The tears with that movie. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but you can tell the primary problem with Buster's Malheart yeah. because we have only talked about it with spoilers <laughs> for 10 minutes and we've talked about at least six other movies. Because it reminded me of six different it movies all jammed together. All these different movies. And I'm okay with somebody doing that mm-hmm. if you have something new and can do it better or you're starting at a similar premise and then you're going to run in a in an interesting direction with it, this did not do that. It what? got more contrived yeah. and cliche as it went. What I wish it was was that everything that happened was him in his fantasy world sitting at his desk yeah. at work and he imagined all these things yeah. happening to get him out of this situation that he's in. He's because he's so unhappy. And he's like, I'm gonna imagine, okay, I killed my wife. So now I don't have to deal with her and my kid. I'm gonna imagine, okay, I'm breaking into all these homes and I'm just living like a homeless man who's, and maybe that's what they're trying to do, but it's like, I wish it was just more blatantly clear with that, maybe that's what he was doing. Remind me, did you like Secret Life of Walter Mitty? No, I didn't like it. You did not, okay. See, I really, really liked it. Um, That's what I felt that movie was. Yeah. now that's just a guy with an imagination, but right. I would have appreciated that touch here. Yeah, kind of like what you're describing. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I just, I the whole week I watched this early and I just struggled. I'm like, what am I going to talk about with this movie? <laughs> because it just nothing, nothing registered. Yeah, registered. It yeah. just it kind of sat there on the screen mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's just, let's just abandon. It. Let's go into the wilderness and just leave it behind. Can we break into some uh, <laughs> vacation homes and yeah, live off yeah. what supplies yeah, they have. This is get rid of this freeloader. Was there any? <laughs> I, I think there were some like stylistic choices that were interesting in it, but I like that. But it was still like. I can tell when a movie has lost me when I become more and more aware of the fact that my phone is in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> because usually I'm 
man, I'm great with a phone during mm-hmm. a movie. I I forget that it even exists. One thing this was one yeah. where I just kept thinking of like apps I could play and <laughs> email to check, and I did a couple of times because. Well, um, Sarah Smith, she also she directed an episode of Legion, um, and she did two episodes of Hannah. I haven't watched Hannah the the television remake of the movie, which the movie's fantastic. Yeah, just rewatch the movie. Yeah, just rewatch the movie. Um, it's fourteen hours shorter. She also did a movie. <laughs> Called Midnight um, Midnight Swim. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Ah, uh, that rings a bell. I think it's supposed one. to be good. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I think that's why. I can't remember. Yeah. Maybe you've never seen it then. Maybe. Or maybe it was like this, and you just totally blocked it out. I just want to leave this guy in the wilderness to talk about the room. I don't. I don't care about Buster anymore. I just I feel like I didn't I'm... care about him all week. Yeah. <laughs> it just. Ah, uh, I really want. Uh, Rami Malek to be in better films. Yeah, I he's in some good films, but I always feel like he's a better actor than the project he's in. Mm-hmm. I never feel like it's beyond him. Yeah, I always feel like he's pulling it up. And mm-hmm. even in this, uh, the the few things that that I liked about it were him and him kind of pulling something along. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it starts to feel that way. It starts to feel like a chore. It feels like he's pulling everything around him. Right, right. I mean, he was the only really interesting thing in it, Just and it's mainly just because of him. Yeah. He's just like... Well, and, and give me... Such an odd um, actor, kind of. Give me some different colors or layers where everybody feels very kind of one-dimensional, but then as you hone in more on who he is and what's real and what's not, you realize that these are actually very... Uh, deep and interesting people that are mm-hmm. around him that his mind is just sort of pegged as one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they. I just, I kept thinking of things like that when I wasn't staring at my phone. Uh, I kept thinking of all these different things where, ooh, if they had just like another, another day. I wish writing. there was more of uh, his backstory was yeah. flushed out a little bit more because they hinted that and. In the end, I feel like that was really important to what happens. Yeah. With, I mean, our spoilers. We've already said it. I mean, he p- kills his wife yeah. and kid, and the <laughs> the guy who he befriended in the hotel is actually not real. It's him. Who yeah. he's, it's his conspiratorial part of his brain that has all these theories, and it's yeah. he's got a split personality thing, which is like, okay, yeah, we haven't done that. 100 times 100 times <laughs> is an actual 100. yeah mm-hmm. it's how many brain cells that this movie killed <laughs> 10 in your head so <laughs> that i come up with the term 1000 <laughs> i i just again uh leave him in his cabin let's let's go to the room yeah let him go build his just cabin and he can stay there leave him or on that little dinghy just leave him the dinghy on the ocean yeah. good night rammy <laughs> <laughs> show us what you got down the so, line so anyway uh, on to our third film. This one I've been excited to talk about because when you first showed me the trailer for this, I did not know this movie existed. Mm-hmm. I I don't think the internet does exist because I couldn't find any information don't. on it. Uh, I, I wasn't... It, it, the trailer looked okay, but it looked very typical. Um, it you know it, I felt like it had given away too much. I was wrong. Um, and it just you know wasn't much. And then when I found out it was a Shutter exclusive... My brain just sank a little more, and I was thinking, nope, nope, 
This is Shutter not gets good be... some good exclusives though. They do. I was just surprised that it. Um, I hadn't heard about it. Like the oh. exclusives that they get, they distribute, but I've heard about them. Yeah. Uh, before before that they pick them up and start streaming them, uh, but. The room, uh, just kind of to jump ahead, really surprised me. And the room's about this couple. They buy this new house. Uh, it's kind of a fixer-upper. And while fixing and upping, they <laughs> rip. <laughs> 10 rip, and fixing and upping. <laughs> they rip some wallpaper away, and they find this very strange door. And behind this very strange door is this empty room. And anything that you wish for in this room appears. Mm-hmm. As long as you keep it in the house. Yeah. If you try to take it outside of the house, it disintegrates. Uh, that's about as much as I'm willing to say in non-spoilers. We're going to have a spoiler section for this one. But first, Clint, uh, non-spoilers, what did you think of the room? Well, unlike you, I was <laughs> I was excited by the, the uh, trailer. Like, I thought it had a really interesting look to it, and I liked the premise. I thought it... I was like, oh, I haven't quite seen something like that. And if they can pull off some interesting things with that concept, it could be cool. Um, so I I went into it hopeful. And I, like I said, I think Shudder does get some interesting things when um, they're kind of the exclusive things, especially because it feel like they're, they're such a small company. It's like we really believe in this thing if we're going to yeah. take it on as our own um, kind of exclusive thing. So I went in hopeful and it actually like really surprised me and I was like pleasantly like surprised by the avenues and things it decides to do because it was like, oh, okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay, I, this is not what I thought it was gonna do. I was like, they get everything out of the way that is in the trailer, they get out of the way in the first 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. They and have so, so much more to do. Than, yeah, it's than not like it's, it could have, right. It could have been like, uh, a lot of other films maybe this level where like it's drawn like the main things are drawn out through um, the entire film so you're like oh I, I already saw all this yeah. and so I was really happy by like I'm in 20 minutes and like oh they already showed me everything that the trailer did minus a couple small things but those things play out differently than the context of the trailer so I, yeah I really enjoyed it I, I thought it was one of the best um, like thriller slightly horror mm -hmm. like sci science fiction things i've seen recently especially mm -hmm. at this level yeah um i this and um the platform were like i watched them pretty closely together and that was a great double feature this was such a perfect uh merging of psychological horror and psychological sci-fi yeah me. and from the beginning uh within five minutes i knew that this was something I was not anticipating to be at this level. I bought this couple. Mm -hmm. I liked this couple. I liked their relationship. I felt like their relationship was real. Yeah, Olga Kulinko, mm -hmm. she's like in um, Quantum of Solace and Oblivion. Yeah. There there weren't a lot of contrivances at all. Mm. Uh, and that's before you even get to the weirdness and the design. The minute I saw that door, and especially when they go in that basement. Yeah. Uh, which is pretty early on. You mm -hmm. start to get this sense of this isn't a supernatural thing. There's no, no. there's some weird unspoken sci-fi origin or some sort of Lovecraftian. It's like a cult mixed with science yeah. fiction. Like yeah, yeah, yeah something yeah. that's tapped into uh, obviously like, something supernatural uh, or strange through scientific me methods, through scientific means. Yeah, uh, and um, so it's just little touches. Hey, I, I love the design of all that oh. stuff. 
I was loving. And it was really unnerving. It really made the house feel like a creature yeah. at times, uh, which I'll talk about a little more because that was one of the things I really liked. But just everything top to bottom, this movie just kept surprising and impressing me. And unlike Buster's Mount Heart, which when I talked about how it just felt like every single thing needed an extra day in the writer's room. Mm. Like, ask one more question. You've come to this point in this plot development. Now, what's the next logical step? And this movie was ahead of me every single time. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I would think of something, it was already doing it. Mm-hmm. Half the time, I wouldn't even have thought of something. The whole, well, I'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to spoilers, unless okay. you have anything else non-spoiler you want to say about it. Um, have you, uh, the director, Christian Valkman, have you seen anything else? But He did a film called Renaissance. It was like an animated thing. It was like black and white. I remember always seeing. I remember the, that. I just didn't. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I never watched either. But it. it I always saw that. Um, I don't know the cover or whatever around, and it was like, oh, that looks interesting. I wonder if it's any good. I just never had. This. This felt like something that sits on somebody's shelf, and they just keep perfecting and perfecting right. and perfecting. Yeah. Um, so I would. I would love to know. I didn't watch any interviews or anything like that. I'd love to know how long he had this. And how long he had been kind of tinkering with it in his mind and plotting things out. Because it really, it's a very confident film. It's it's mm-hmm. really well directed and shot. Um, and it's just, it's inventive. Uh, like I and said, the second you think, okay, now it's going to repeat itself, it, nope, it's got better things to do. Yeah. And both actors are really good too. Mm-hmm. So like, especially carrying a film with two people mainly, um, that's could live or die on the actors. And uh, if you had somebody super creative, you could do a stage play of this in some oh, way, yeah. that would be amazing. Oh yeah. And those are sometimes like m- my favorite films where it's so boiled down to the ne- like necessary bits where you could like, oh, I could see this as a play. Yeah. Like the same thing we talked about with ghost stories yeah. um, where it's just like, oh, I can see this was a stage play at some point because all the necessary elements are there for a story that could be told simply. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to spoilers because I am dying. To you look like you're falling asleep, but I'm not falling asleep. <laughs> I'm dying to unravel this movie a little more with you and hear your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, so spoilers ahead. First thing, and this mm. is probably jumping way towards the end, but just to keep going on what I was talking about where it takes something and then it runs in the next direction with it. By the time this is making an imaginary world within the room and you can pass through these doorways, uh, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I, I did was, not see that coming at all. No, nope. yeah. I knew something was probably going on because anytime a character gets knocked out and then they're they're coming over, I knew something was up, but no clue because they hadn't established in any way that you could wish yourself into looking like somebody else. Right. They hadn't established how big this world could be within the room uh, that you're imagining. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hadn't established a lot of things, but just just that development. I had my brain going crazy. Yeah, and I really like kind of how they introduced that because um, basically, okay, there's a point in this film where the couple, they have this house and there's a backstory element where they want to have a child. A very restrained backstory element. It's oh, yeah. not like some driving force in their relationship. No, no. It's, it's not just a like plot. It's kind of just mentioned yeah. like we're, we're in this new house. Maybe we can try to have a kid again. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
So she, they've discovered this room. They they are aware of what it's capable of, and she decides, "I'm going to wish for a child." And to the <laughs> um, kind of horror of the husband, like I love that that was his reaction. I know, me too. Um, like she, she's like, "How like how could you do this? How like this is like." blasphemous almost and i like his relationship to the child and so he but they've already established the rule like you can't maybe not to the degree like that later it comes up but that you can't take anything out of this house and now okay how does this play into this kid like are we going to have to keep this kid locked up in this house for the rest of his life um so i coming back to what you were saying about um the introduction of these new kind of capabilities of the room. I really liked how they used the kid because basically the kid is this house in this room in physical like manifestation. So he's knows like some part of him knows what is capable of. And it's the only natural logical solution to how do you take a kid who can't go outside outside? Yeah. Well, you create, create the outside inside. Yeah. And he has the imagination to, at this point in his life to like, okay, yep. I can do anything in this room. Yep. I can think outside of the box of these adults to come up with the, like the capability and the ability to go into this room and basically make his own world. But just from a screenwriting perspective, it's this perfect marriage between story development and story innovation. Yeah, yeah. Because you're you're going right along with what the characters need. Mm -hmm. It's very natural. You're yeah. not trying to force it. You're not trying to cram things in. Everything was just so naturally progressing with these characters. And it serves all of these big ideas. Yeah. And it's very rare that you have a movie, especially smaller and on this budget, very rare that you have a movie that has both of those things running simultaneously yeah. parallel to each other. Well, also it works really well because the main two characters are kind of discovering this with you because yeah. they're unaware of like outside of the kind of small minded thinking of like, oh, I can make a hundred million, ten hundred dollars. They can make, they can make ten hundred dollars. Lots of hundreds. <laughs> in this room and I like, just have my like wildest dreams of wealth. Um, but to the I like them discovering like oh this kid just is doing things that are we never even imagined yeah. and uh, to kind of to benefit himself and to like I don't know keep his imagination busy in this yeah it's really interesting how it all comes to um, together and even then he has an understanding of what's real and what's not real I kept waiting for him to make versions of uh, his parents. Uh, yeah, in an effort to to have the perfect parents or whatever, he didn't never want, goes in no. that direction because he understands what he really wants yeah. is real, and mm -hmm. just like they're wanting what's real, that's what he wants, and he's he's just fighting for it. He uses it all it. as a tool yeah. rather to get what he wants. Yeah. It's not like yeah, he doesn't go in there and make his own reality world to live, and he wants he wants them. He wants yeah. he, he wants her to be his. <laughs> basically his wife yeah. and um and yeah he doesn't make his his fake version of her he wants yeah. her yeah yeah 
And I really like the element of discovery of what this the whole house is with like there was a murder um, in the house. So there you kind of think maybe that's the main element of it. Mm -hmm. Like it's like this some solving this murder. And it's like, no, that's just a device used to kind of set up what um, kind of a little bit of backstory for the house. And I really like the discovering that, oh, he was that boy. And you to get out of the house, you have to kill your maker. And that was really interesting. Well, and I love that theme. And I loved how the husband was already headed in that direction, but really attached to the actual threat and stakes behind that. Yeah. Because whether it happens now or at some point, that kid wants to be free. Mm -hmm. And so if the only way to be free is to kill mom mm -hmm. as the husband, like this kid's nothing to you. This kid is is a, an idea. Right, it's right. It's a dream. Yeah. And uh, he's like that money you're throwing out the window yeah. and letting it disintegrate. Yeah, yeah that's all. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. Uh, and you know it's not permanent. You know you can't keep it. Mm -hmm. And so why even indulge in the the fantasy of oh we're parents mm -hmm. because they're not actually parents. She keeps getting kind of lured into this idea that she's a mom, mm -hmm. and she really goes out of her way to be like, but I'm your mother. And, yeah. And she loves this kid. And no, you're not. Yeah. Like the room made this thing. Yeah. This is not. This is not you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just. It, it really kept me feeling on edge, and I, I yeah. appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah, and I really liked the inventiveness of the world and um, what they did with the, like, restrictions of yeah. what they set up. Um, and I also liked that she, at the point, like, there was never a point, like, towards the end where she's still holding on to that this is my son like she flips yeah. like she realizes the actually what's going on and yeah. um it's not yeah a thing where she can't let go of this yeah. whole idea my absolute favorite scene uh, really got to me is when uh the door is locked and he starts digging through the wall yeah the me father too starts yeah. digging through the wall to get into the room mm -hmm. and it's yards and yards and yards yeah. of just these intestinal wires, wires yeah uh that no way should this wall be this thick yeah he crawls a long time just to basically go six inches mm -hmm. uh and th just little touches like that never explained yeah not a single explanation when he's visiting you know the other kid in the hospital now grown it's not like he understands where this machine came from or how mm -hmm. the room works or how it's powered i was so happy they didn't explain that yeah well um that um i something that like always creeps me out or and also um just like fascinates my like sense of imagination is the idea um of the space being different from the inside and the outside. Yep. And it reminded me of this great book. I can't remember the author, but House of Leaves. Have you ever mm -hmm. read this book? Yes. It's one of my favorite books. And it's about a, it's kind of a situ similar situation where a family moves into this house and they're like doing some measuring for some remodeling and things. And they find out that the inside of the house is bigger than the outside of the house. And that's the whole setup. And it goes just totally Lovecraftian from yeah. there to where there's this giant, just like a like labyrinth underneath in, in part of the house. And, they, yeah. and uh, that gave me this feeling. And it was just like, I always loved that idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought um, the three actors who play the boy mm -hmm. uh, were, they were all very, very good. 
Uh, I bought that as him aging. Mm-hmm. Um, I I felt like they did a really good job with the writing as far as, okay, now this is a five or six-year-old in a 22-year-old's body. Mm-hmm. And there were yeah. still complete hints in the performance of being that five or six-year-old. Yeah. Uh, I really like, too, when he takes the form of the father. Yeah. And then he's like trying to act like the father, but he can't hold it together. So there's moments where, and he, that actor, um, he did a really great job of pulling that off. Um, But yeah, I I thought it was pretty great, the whole thing. I was, I was thoroughly impressed. I was more than happy to fork over my five bucks a month for Shudder. And uh, (laughs) you didn't have it before that? I didn't have it before that, but then I went and started checking out what they have. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of movies that I have rented and enjoyed for four or five bucks a piece on Amazon yeah. anyway. So I should have just had Shutter the whole time and saved myself some cash. Yeah, and they're always getting new things. Yeah. And it's a good little channel. Um, Joe Bob Briggs, his whole like drive-through thing is always yeah. really fun. And he always gets, I think he's been doing it pretty consistently. So it's always fun. He reminds me of my uncle. So it's <laughs> <laughs> fun to hear like the rantings of this crazed man talking about films. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I, Room would be um, in my early part of the year, kind of in my top list. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how it survives the year. Although this year, uh, there are no films. This might be film the only film dead. we see. So, yeah, our top 10 might be four movies. <laughs> we have it now. We could do it now. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, uh, Buster's Malheart is going to end up in my top 10 <laughs> because it's going to be one of 10. Well, it's, movies. it's from 2017. Oh, thank God. So we don't have to thank put it. Thank God. Yeah. Okay. But we'll have to go back to our, our when we did our top 10 for the decade and have to put it on that list. I'll just start stealing movies from 1988 and just saying they were in 2020 because <laughs> that's when I watched them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put a fish called Wanda right in there. For sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, Waves, uh, definitely watch. Highly recommend. Just do be careful. Buster's Malheart, spend your time elsewhere. And The Room, uh, pick up Shutter and check this thing out. Yeah. It, it is a lot better uh, than it should be. It's way better than I thought it was going to be. And I, I thought it was going to be good, but way better than that. And like you said, I don't hear about this movie anywhere. Yeah. And that kind of boggles my mind because it really feels like the kind of movie that uh, people find and just start talking about to mm-hmm. everyone. Maybe people will start. I hope. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. People, I mean, there's the people who are like dedicated to Shudder, like really like it. So I think it'll probably start popping up and people talk about it. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's time for Cinetron. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we. Oh, it's kinder than uh, Matt Buster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, trailer trailer is growing grass around its wheels. <laughs> There's not a lot of trailers coming out right now. Yeah, we want to and, probably uh, make sure like no animals have taken over. Well, it's a non-essential service, so we're not allowed to go there anyway. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. Okay. Let's spin it, Ken. Ho-ho! Serenity from 2009 with Matthew McConaughey. 
Oh no. <laughs> Clint. Clint. I think this one will be fun to talk about because I think it goes in some really crazy directions. Yeah, it does. Have you seen this? I haven't. Okay. I've heard three different people rant about it. So, okay. Like in a fun way or like... Yeah, in a fun, this was terrible and I can't believe it was this ridiculous. Oh, good. Who knew? Yeah. Uh, It's it's definitely not what it purports to be. Okay. I'm not upset at watching it. Um just in my current mental state, I don't know what it'll do to me. <laughs> I think you'll be okay. I think I will too. I don't I think, think it's going to be a heavy like. No, no. I think by next mind week altering. too. Next week's going to be my rebound week where I really start to feel like I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. This has been my low week. Hmm. We're just like, man, I miss my target. <laughs> miss miss Chick Fil A. I'm I. Don't miss Chick Fil A so much. I miss Amazon not delivering things to me in two days. Mm. That, that hurts my heart a little. Um, this this is hard. This is rough. You know, <laughs> there there has never been a more American sentence than the one that both yeah. of us just said. It's like, oh, this is so tough. Not get my Amazon in two days. I didn't say it. You said it. No, you I, said it. I did. Not. It's your unpopular opinion, Clint. I don't know what you're talking about. You sit here and rant and complain about good things, and then expect all of us to rally around you. Don't forget to uh, visit CineBabbleCast.com. Send us a message. Uh, yell at Clint a little bit mm. for hating on Christopher Nolan. Uh, some of us love Christopher Nolan, and uh, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, Clint needs to get with the program. Um, Am I in the room right now? I feel like some <laughs> other reality it. has been formed around yeah. me. Yeah, totally flipped it. Okay. All right. Well, it, it has been uh, episode 21 of CineBabble. Hope you enjoyed, uh, and uh, I hope keep, you're surviving. Yeah, hope you're surviving. Hope you're well. Hope you're not losing your mind. Watch uh, some movies and uh, tell us what you're watching. Absolutely, Maybe we're we going to try to record a couple of extra little bonus podcasts here over the next couple of weeks, um, in case we're separated from each other by, or just because we don't have that much more to do. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, separation. Yeah. Yeah. We're we'll going to get locked away permanently. Oh, you know, I don't know. If I keep feeling this way, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been episode 21. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay socially distant from me. Uh, I'll see you next week, Clint. I'll see you, Ken. Bye. Bye.